0: The DL debate with Sister Sarah's Letter Kenny. serving food you'll love till 9 p.m. daily in Sarah's kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Welcome on and all to the DL debate. Thanks so much for tuning in now on Highland Radio or back via the podcast with another pack show. In store this evening. Coming up later on, veteran GA correspondent Jerry McLaughlin will be joining us to discuss the All-Ireland Hurling final and semi-finals here in club football in Donegal. We'll also be joined by Frank Roach of the Indo Sport to discuss the All-Ireland football series so far and, of course, the All-Ireland final between Kerry and Galway. But first up, we discuss the LGFA semi-final, Donegal's defeat, ...to Meath with Maureen O'Donnell. Mo, how are you this evening? Not too bad. How are you, Brendan? Och, Mo, grand, grand. Listen, semi-finals, a tough, tough place to lose. Uh, Mo, you know, it would have been a historic first ever... ...All-Ireland senior final for for these girls. Mo, just trying to encapsulate c- the, the whole season, you know, Mo... It, was, ...it could have been such a different season, you know... ...but the league final defeat to Meath... ...and, of course, the Ulster final, which... We definitely should have won as well. We had that big game against Dublin, but, you know, coming up, this was obviously the big competition, Mo, the one that Donegal were, were chasing after. And I suppose after the, 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 just last week beating, beating Dublin, hopes were high. Going into this game, uh, Mo, would we just come up a bit short?
1: Yeah, um, you said it there, I suppose. Uh, disappointment is, is an understatement for the girls. Uh... They were very devastated after the match, you know, speaking to some of them, as you would imagine. But, yeah, it's just a case of coming up short because... um Super, super effort from the girls out there. There was a, a lot at stake. As you know, there getting to the All Ireland final would have been an, an historic occasion for for the ladies, and probably nothing less than they deserved, given some of the heartbreak throughout the year and some of the things that they've overcome. And obviously that um, over um, you know brilliant, brilliant performance against uh, the Dubs last weekend and everybody on a high going into the semi final, <clears throat> just goes to show you a week in football and another game that's, that's football for you Brendan as you know and things can change but listen a great effort put in by the girls on uh, on the field out in Co Park and again come in two points short yeah and probably you know from from the perspective of people looking on I'd say Donegal just didn't get the rub of the green on the day you know Brendan
0: Yeah and well, we spoke about this last week just when we were talking about the, the turnaround there um, and I know it was the same for, for every team in the semi-final do, do you think Mo just before we get into the game would it have had any effect on the girls, you know? I mean, it was such a big thing to beat Dublin, you know, and and, and spurred that bit of high of that to, to come down and get ready for what was another massive task against Meath. Do you think it had any effect on the girls yesterday or on Saturday?
1: Yeah, listen, I suppose there was a lot of energy um, used out of the tanks um, the weekend before with that phenomenal one over the dubs, you know, and the girls put on a super effort to get over the line, you know, and left everything they had. And, you know, you do be tired. The legs do be tired. And there isn't a lot of preparation time in a week, as we say. And, you know, you're you're trying to get the, the media coverage into that as well and, and the hype around it. Uh, and just as I say, the energy levels of preparing for a game in a short succession. Some of them will tell you that it there's nothing to do with it and others will say that would have would preferred to have another week. But, you know, what? it is what it is. I suppose Meath, Meath very much had the same, and maybe Donegal had the bigger game, and the bigger game to overcome, and Probably a wee bit of tiredness, maybe played in towards the end of the match. But listen, there's a lot of circumstances that play out there when you're in a semi-final. It becomes much more than the physical effort. It becomes a mind game as well, you know. And doubts maybe can creep in, and the pressure comes on. And you're, you're you're in a big stadium. You're you're in the the biggest stadium for Gaelic football, which is Crow Park. And you know, if you don't put in a solid performance out there, that and I mean, there's lots of factors, you know. Injury. Thank God we weren't too bad. Like, but as I say, um. Very much, a, I can't really put it down, I don't really want to put it down to maybe the week's turnaround and, you know, the two weeks now, the teams that meet and Kerry going forward have two weeks now to prepare and I suppose that's a little bit more time going into a final but I don't really want to put it down to that because you can't take away from the, the huge effort and performance the girls put in, put, in, put in on the pitch and, as I said, just very disappointing to come up that short and maybe I suppose ask a lot of questions now of, of next year and, and what's ahead for the girls.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true, I Mo. Mean, that's, that's a few questions to be answered. No, well, just looking at the game, you know, the first half seemed to go going reasonably well. You know, one three to three up at, 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 half time and there was a few goal chances in there. Could have been further ahead. Um, and, you know, Donegal allowed, allowed their kick out in the second half. Do you think this was a, a pre-game tactic that Meath just really squeezed up and, and suffocated Donegal. We couldn't. Get, we couldn't get out of our own. Uh, our own forty-five. Then, do you think that was a pre-game tactic or just something they looked at at half-time?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny you should say that. You know, I talked about it being a game of two halves, and if you were to watch the first half, and I have watched it over there, me were very comfortable to let Donegal have the ball, let the, let them have the ball, and the kick out, and and it was as if, as if. Um, Meath were set up to let let Donegal play in the first half and see what they have. You know, maybe they didn't anticipate that that goal, that penalty opportunity from Niamh McLaughlin, very well placed as well, um, beating Monica McGurk. Uh, she's a fabulous keeper, but um, Niamh McLaughlin did really well. And that left us three points going up, and then at up I'm going in at time, Brendan. And you know, I did I did say during the commentary that this is a great position to be in. You know, and that Donegal started off very well and they were very much in control of the game. Perhaps though the possession, the percentage of possession that Donegal had, they weren't clinical enough and probably should have took more opportunities to get ahead. Meath come out in the second half ben, and they were just a different side. You know, they they pushed up on the kickouts, they put pressure on the ball, uh, they were no longer sitting back uh, and you know they went from three down to three ahead and, and some of the big time players like Nebo Sullivan and Emma Duggan and and Grimes put three over the bar from freezing. You know, it just went, I was able to crawl back and score from Yvonne Bonner. Like, but as you say, yeah, Meath, it looked like Meath had, that was their tactic going out. Let's let Donegal play for the first half, see what they have to offer, and then just boom in the second half, as they say, they come out. I know Donegal leveled it, but after that, then. Knew, um Emma Duggan um had three scores in a row and she was just you know, she was just the thorn in Donegal's side and it ended up, you know, she was responsible for taking them over the line at the end and super, super performance from me. They really showed their true colours, their experience on the day, Brendan and, and, you know, I suppose you couldn't take away from them the the victory in the end as well. They had two players fall into the sunburn um, Rio Shockness went on um very early on, the first 10 minutes. And then, huge blow blow to me. Vicky Wall was sunburned with 10 minutes and 12 seconds on the clock. And you thought this was another opportunity for Donegal to get ahead. You talked about the goal chances. We had two. One cleared off the line by Kate Lynch, their full back. And, and, and also a good save by Monica McGurk then. And Karen Guthrie, like, she took the ball out of the sky. And you were sure it was going to be in the back of the net. But it just wasn't a be for Donegal. Two off the upright in the first half as well. So... That's what I say. That the, the luck of the green, maybe, and it didn't go their way. But maybe Donegal just didn't uh, capitalise on some of the opportunities that you know that were given to them throughout the game. And perhaps you know need to take a look at that. But as you say, um, they'll try and get over the devastation and maybe losing the semi final first before they take a look at things. You know, Brendan.
0: Yeah, in the dusty cell. You, you just mentioned Karen uh, Godfrey's opportunity. Cell, she obviously was the was the player in reserve to come on and do what she was going to do, what she's good at, and, and it almost worked again, uh, well, that that goal chance. Do you think at that point, we were a point down, going two up then, with what you'd seen in the game, do you think it might have been enough to to take us to a victory, or did you have a feeling in the second half that, that uh, Meese were just going to find another gear?
1: Uh, listen, I suppose at that stage, Mees had very much had their purple patch in the second half and were pushing forward. Uh, and as I say, when when Karen uh, took a beautiful ball out of there, like she, it was a f- f- fantastic catch. But you know that's what she's a, a capable of. But and the split second, maybe she had a step or two more in her, and maybe at that stage putting the ball over the bar. But these are all choices we make as forwards. You know, as she probably seen the goal, seen the opportunity, took the shot. Um, probably, maybe herself would say she's a little bit disappointed that didn't go on. But. Yeah, certainly it could have turned the turned the game around as well. Uh, you know, as I talked about the other opportunity they had, Yvonne Boner had it over the head of maybe Monica McGurk, and it was cleared off the line. That was another goal opportunity. Things like that can turn around a match. You know, uh, I also said when, when the girls went under the sunburn and Maria went even enforced That I don't really like to see the opposition getting down to 14 players because they tend to play well and it's something that maybe teams don't often strategize for, is this player going into the sunburn. We, we've seen it happen with the Donegal men, like obviously the keeper went under the sunburn and it, it seemed to just rattle the other team and you know as a team with 15 players you'd think they'd capitalize on that and that's spare player but it's not something that the teams anticipate in the game and probably should look at now in terms of their tactics it's hard to know brendan whether whether the game would turn around Meath were very very level headed and as i say they took control of the game in the second half and they didn't look like you know they were going to be you know they were going down again after that so you know in fairness to me, they they pressed forward and And I suppose they've seen Kerry as a great opportunity maybe to get their hands on another All iron title and and push forward to that. When Vicky Wall went off the field uh, as well, you would have thought that was a big blow to them. But they were cool and they were collected because there was one stage where Emma Troy was bottled into the corner uh, down at um, the Hull side of Crow Park. And she just managed to keep her head, keep her cool, and she got it out and she got it across the the field to Emma Dugan. And that's Emma Dugan taking the ball and left corner back. She went up the field, she was on the ball at the end of the play and scored it. brilliant point from it so you can see how cool and collected they were and you know they were just maybe that wee bit experienced at that level at that stage
0: Yeah And I mean we've talked we've talked a lot about uh, tactics in the game and you know we talked a lot about Crow Park too being a, a forward player's p- pitch and you got to go and, and outscore the team but you know 170-12 points you know I'm just thinking is it, would you think our seven? is ever going to be enough to win a game in Crow Park? Now, I know Meath only had 12, but were you surprised by by the scoring that, that that happened in the game, particularly when you see how hard it can be to to shut out teams at Crow Park? Definitely both defences yeah. did their job, I suppose, on the day, but really for us, 1-7, you know, in a semi-final, do you think that's ever going to be enough to get you across the line? Listen, uh, yeah, uh, we anticipated going on
1: that, that going in at the at the start of the game that it will be a low scoring game because of the types of teams that were out in the field, like both very very defensive, fifteen behind the ball. It's very hard to penetrate that fifteen behind the ball defence, and you need to be taking shots from far out. Um, as you say, it was a low scoring game, but you thought when Donegal got the penalty opportunity and scored from it, like because we always talk about how goals ones. One's matches For ladies football And like the game Previous to that Kerry versus Mayo Kerry got four goals You know But then looking at the scores Mayo got 13 points Kerry got four ten. That's 14 shots on goal You know So They got 14 shots on goal But because You know three, Four of them were goals That made the difference On the day So you know I suppose You'd like to see it, but I don't think there was, there was opportunities for more goals from Donegal's point of view. And Meath never really looked like scoring a goal. And Crow Park, they were happy to just chip away at the points. But you know what? That's ten points. One seven, ten points to twelve points. It was very, very much and very, very similar to to the style of football that was played in the league final. And both teams, I suppose, know each other and having played challenges throughout the year, knew what what the tactics of each other's systems were about and. You know, I suppose meets sort were of that just a little bit cuter. But no, I, we anticipated a, a low scoring game going on and I know you say maybe you need more um in Crow Park, but having a look at some of the games, even the men's games, some of the low scoring games that have been but it's because of this defensive football, Brendan, you know, and teams sort of getting ahead and then maybe defending their lead. Um I'd like to see to see forwards definitely attacking more and, and, and for the game to become a more attacking Game than it is now at the minute because it's way more entertaining when it is the the game before with the goals and it's a lot more entertaining to watch you know yeah. in terms of a football
0: yeah certainly and this more you just mentioned there about about the dust settling but where do you see it next year do you think maxi and, and the crew will stay on I know every year we talk about more the girls that have yeah. soldiered for so long and they keep coming back in another push I know there's a there's quite a few uh, talented young players come through this year four or five players stepping you know, a stepping up and making their mark but do do you see the the management team and the current squad staying in place for next season
1: it's uh it's a difficult question to answer i suppose because you know maybe haven't haven't if they had got a quarter final maybe and lost at that stage it's a case of deja vu but getting into the semi final that brings them one step closer and you know, thoughts seep in as you're as a player, like and you want that All Ireland and victory. They haven't won an All Ireland title since 2010 at intermediate level, and certainly have been pushing hard to get to the, to the to to get their hands on the senior cup. But it's every player's dream, and yeah, they're close to stepping away. A lot of them, the likes of Karen, Yvonne, and you know uh, Geraldine, and, and they talk about it every year. And you're talking about the young players coming through, but. Unless you've got those inspirational older players and the experience of the older players, we've seen it happen in Cork. A lot of the older players stepped away, and you know they've had a regroup now. There at the minute, but you'd love to see it because you talked about the service of a lot of them players, and they're pouring their heart and soul out, uh, out week after week, and giving up months of their summer and months of the year, you know, to play to play the game to to win to win a medal, and it's nothing less than what they deserve at this stage. But I suppose they are going to have to take a long look now over the uh, over the winter. Winter and look back at their performances. They have claimed some huge hills this year. Um, have had some devastating uh, blows and uh, defeats at the hands of our the Ulster final. And you know there, that 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 semi-final one was well, well, two points between the sides. You know it'll give them a lot to think about as well, and and, and to think about. They're very very close. In terms of getting to the All-Ireland, definitely a top-four team for sure. Yeah. In my opinion, is there an All-Ireland on that side there at the minute? I definitely think there is. It will be hard for Maxi maybe to walk away as well, having go- gone as far. I think things just didn't go maybe their way uh, in terms of some of the defeats this year. Uh, but certainly a lot to look at in terms of an All-Ireland winning side. I do believe that they could push forward. And it's hard, you know, when you have a, a working system going there and a, and a great team of girls together. It's, it's kind of hard to walk away from that, but you got to weigh up the options. You know, it's, it's certainly different for for ladies at this level than it is for men, and maybe a lot less, a lot more commitments for the women. So, and these girls have been have been given given their service to, to the Donegal jersey now for a long number of years. I would absolutely love to see that team going back out there next year. And I would love to see them getting to all Ireland and, and wanting it because, as I say, it's definitely what a lot of the girls deserve. is no less than a medal now at this stage.
0: Yeah. Well rounded up, Mo, as ever, top class. Say hey, And listen, we'll, we'll, we'll speak to you now. It's back to club season. We'll speak to you as the, as the club season goes on. You'll be keeping an eye on it for us.
1: Yeah, I will indeed, Brendan. Hi, good to chat to you and uh, we'll chat soon.
0: Good on you, Mo. Thanks very much to Martin O'Donnell there uh, wrapping up Donegal's agonising defeat to uh, Meath in that All-Ireland semi-final. And now we look across to the All-Ireland football series and I'm joined by Frank Roach of the Sport to discuss the season so far and the All-Ireland final ahead. Frank, how are you this evening? I'm
2: great, Brendan. No bother at all. You you get enjoying the,
0: f- the sunshine. You're enjoying the sunshine? You've got the factor on there. We want to keep you in... Uh, in championship form now, so you're, you're writing your great articles going into this final?
2: Yeah, looking forward to it. Now, I'm, I'm still kind of coming up for air after, uh, after the hurling final, which was absolutely breathless. I mean, uh, thankfully, up on the seventh floor of uh, the Hogan stand where we are in the press box, it's not the warmest place in the world, but I can only imagine what it was like down on pitch side yeah. uh, for, for the hurlers of Limerick. Uh, and Kilkenny, but, uh, I mean, in fairness, they served up an epic and it, uh, puts the onus on Kerry and call, uh, Kerry and Galway this yeah. weekend because
0: yeah. they will have to live up to Yeah, certainly. I, you know, I, w- I was sp- speaking to people earlier and they were, they were talking about possibly should the hurling be after the football. And the funny, yeah, obviously, I met you down at the semi-finals there and I was just delighted that the, the Derry Galway game was before the, the Kerry, uh, Dublin game because, you know, if you have a bad game and then like, you've the lull and all that's hanging over and you've the brilliance of that Kerry Dublin game because I went down the road a very happy man and it would have been such an anti climax if it was the other way round. Now I, I, I just think football has been I still think this should be a good All Ireland final, um, Frank, but I certainly think football in terms of where it is tactically now, it's it's it obviously was obviously playing second fiddle to, to hurling, but that's grown more so even though Hurland has got a bit of tactic itself there's no way that the the pace of the game's ever going to keep up their their cracking hurling match
2: it can't i mean it's 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 it's, it's a it's, it's a small thing, but it's a kind of funny grumble of reporters what uh trying to cover the hurling match yesterday you were frantically scribbling down the note of a score and before you'd even finished and looked up suddenly the ball was gone over the bar at the other end and yes. some people might think it's it's become a bit too much like basketball that it's too easy to to score that these yeah. players are are their physical strength and conditioning, uh, their technique, the distances now they can hit the slither mean that you can literally almost score from anywhere. And football is never going to be like that. And in fairness, I don't think we should look for it to be that. Like we've all seen some of the best football matches we've ever seen. Some of them have been relatively low scoring. You know that you know open shootouts doesn't always translate into a brilliant game of football. Um, But just going back to the semi-finals, uh, definitely Kerry and Dublin kind of, I suppose, in a way, redeemed our faith in a little way after, I won't say it has been a bad season, but it's been very hit and miss. There have been some incredible matches. I mean, Armagh Galway was an incredible match. Kind of um, the narrative of that was overtaken by, you know, the, the row and everything around it at the end of normal time. We've had some brilliant matches and we've had some kind of right sort of uh, stinkers, I suppose, really. And a lot of it comes down to not just how one team sets up, but how the other team responds to that. And we've had one or two games of captain out. The Ulster final being the obvious one where it, you know, it's it, it's not a fun watch.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's something I totally agree. It was... Um. Um. Was at it, and I was just um saying, where's this going? You know, we th- throw back to twenty sixteen, which was a terrible Donegal Tyrone final, which was played like that. You know, I think the difference is probably Derry as a common team. You can kind of forgive them this season, Frank. Like a bit. It just as you says, it drags down. You know, the opposition don't want really to fall into the trap of that, and unless they've got a brilliant forward line. They're going to murder a team like that there, which just makes it real stalemate. And it was funny, that semi-final you talked about, the colour particularly that Derry brought to it and the buzz of the game. I've never seen an atmosphere fall. It was like somebody switched the volume off because pre-match everybody was going mad. And then very quickly, I, I think about maybe less than a minute into the game, all the supporters there realised, oh, that's right, these two teams are just going to back off each <laughs> other. Derry were hand-passing yeah. the ball over the back and it just went... From from a, a seventy six thousand crowd to five or six thousand, it was it was a mad thing to see, but I think that was the crowd realising oh that's right, we just have to wait for certain special moments in the game.
2: Yeah, we we have to wait for a game of football to break out. But like it's like it's funny, like the the previous round, Derry against Clare, was probably the first time where I thought, you know, this you know, this All Ireland isn't necessarily all about Dublin and Kerry and whoever wins that is going to win the All Ireland but Derry played that day, albeit against a a weaker county, with real echoes of Donegal at their best. And I'm talking Donegal 2012 rather than 2011, where it wasn't just that they got their bodies back really quickly when they had to, but it's how they counterattacked and the support runners they had everywhere. But, you know, in a way, sometimes that only works depending on, A, the quality of opposition you're facing, and B, how that team sets up. Um and you know, Galway have become a very different team this season. Uh probably partly with Keen O'Neill's influence has to be a factor since he joined the coaching team. But they are embracing uh, you know, sweepers and sometimes double sweepers because they had become just way too loose. They were absolutely pulverized defensively by Mayo in the twenty twenty league when we came back from COVID then by Kerry in the 2021 20 league down in Tralee, and again, probably in the second half against Mayo in last year's Connacht final. So they went away and said, look, are we serious about trying to win something here? And they've changed things. But they still have that very uh, exciting counter-attacking threat because they have three or four really, you know, quality forwards. Um, one or two of them are coming into really into top fan of form. And that gives them a chance against a lot of teams, and and it gives them a chance against Kerry this this weekend.
0: So certainly does. You know, you you talk about that forward line. You know, obviously we Comer was the, the main man the last day out. You know, but we see? We didn't see really the best. You know, the the rest of forward line they, they certainly are not what you would call a, a supporting cast. But maybe Derry's defensive shape didn't allow them to to set up that well. But there's certainly ability right across the board and it would make you think if they're solid at the back uh, Frank that you know what we've seen at Kerry they look pretty human in, in the other semi-final they looked unreal now at times in the first half and they have that ability to blow teams away but you had a Dublin team that, that, that hung in there in many ways maybe a wee bit like Kilkenny uh, in terms of the hurling yesterday you could see that experience and that that, um, never say die attitude or that experience that they've, they've gained over one and all the All Ireland's to say, we're going to hang in there. And, and they turned a screw on, on Kerry in the second half. So it'll give Galway a bit of heart, get into this game, knowing that, you know, that, that Kerry aren't this, you know, unbeatable, unbeatable side. Yes, they've got brilliant players all over the pitch, but they're by no means a team that's going to, uh, that's going to blow Galway away.
2: I, I, I don't think so. I'm like, I suppose one of the most intriguing factors that I'm going to look for sort of on Sunday is is how Kerry come out of the Dublin match in the sense that you were watching that second half the last day and, and there was a feeling that, in a way, Kerry were still spooked by that Sky Blue jersey. Uh, you know, they had the game almost in the bag, not once but twice, and then suddenly Costello gets the goal, a brilliant goal, on the counter-attack from a Kerry fumble and um, and you could see doubt creep into Kerry big time for the next 15, 20 minutes. Um, and like for a while, it, it all the hallmarks of Dublin are going to pinch this on the line, you know, and they could have, you know, if Niall Scully hadn't taken that sort of pot shot from way out on the Cusick side, if Dublin had, if Dublin and their pomp would have probably kept that ball for another 60, 90 seconds, recycled, recycled, and waited until they got a real chance. Do you know? But Kerry survived. They hung in there in you know in a really tight corner and beating Dublin beating Dublin the way they did with that incredible free from Sean O'Shea is bound to give them huge confidence. And if they can bring that into the all Ireland final, you know, they are favourites and you would in a way expect that they will push on from there. But but there are still doubts about them. You know, yeah. there are still doubts about uh in a funny way, about the carry the carry forward line, not about like David Clifford is just a you know is a player for the ages. He's a generational player. Shawnee O'Shea is an absolutely superb player. Paddy Clifford, after a kind of hit and miss summer, I thought he really came alive in the second half against Dublin when Kerry were under the cash. But you know they're they, they're not necess- They're definitely not an invincible team. They haven't become it yet. And it may well take Kerry to win an All Ireland before they really push on, and this team of you know decorated uh, All Ireland winning minors really you know become maybe the dominant team for the next few years if they if that is to be if that is what is about to unfold.
0: Yeah, and tell me just a quick word on the Dubs. You know, Desi farrell has been under fire seriously. This was such a I suppose a kind of a poison jealous, you might say, in terms of uh, taking over from Jen Gavin. You know, he obviously. Won All Irelands as a as a as a player and underage as well, you know he got that first All Ireland because there was always going to have to be a change, you know. But you certainly seen you couldn't say that he didn't get the best of that uh, Dublin squad. And, I mean, if you put Con Killian in the mix of that game, Frank, we could be talking about a you know a very different uh, outcome. If you think it comes down to that tiny margin of one point, I mean, Con, I know it's very hard to say when you put a player in, but do you think he would have certainly tipped the balance dub, the dub way?
2: Oh. Most definitely. I mean, in a way, I suppose that's Dublin's biggest regret of the year is that they didn't get to see enough of Con when they really needed him. I mean, missed It's I would say it's no coincidence that they were relegated for the first time in God knows how many years uh, on foot of Con O'Callan not playing a minute of league football. And the transformation in Dublin uh, once Con came back for the Leinster Championship was huge. Um, it's not just what he scores or how he shows for the ball, but how he brings the best out of the players around him and also how I think he almost in, his presence encouraged Dublin to move the ball faster. And they became a much more dangerous team as a result uh, rather than some of the staccato, pedestrian, sideways, backways played that had become you know, far too predictable over the last uh, probably season and a half. Now the one caveat in all that is that Con was only around for the three uh, the three matches in Leinster, which this year were all basically turkey shoots. Um, you know, last one, last uh, Sunday week was going to be you know a different game. He probably wouldn't have got near as much space, but um, you know you you imagine if Conn had been around, there's every chance Dublin Dublin might have been on the right side of a one point victory there. Now, the one thing there's a, the 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 biggest issues for Dublin going forward are, one they've now kind of developed a habit of actually losing tight games by a point in the last minute or whatever. I mean, they've under Desi. I mean, even how the league finished up in, Ma, in Clonus against Manan, they were picked right at the bell. Same against Kerry this year in the semi-final. In a way they were caught by Mayo on the line at the end of normal time last year in a game where you know they looked as if they had it won for the most part so they've gone from Dublin at their peak under Jim Gavin were masters at, you know coming up with the, the vital score in the last few minutes of an All-Ireland final usually against Mayo and now they're kind of suffering you know the the the, the fates have turned um, so that's something as a group they need to address but Perhaps the even bigger issue is that uh, all the players who are on the field uh, against Kerry this year will be one one year older uh, next season. Um, three members of their starting defence if they stay around. And there's definitely no reason why James McCarthy shouldn't stay around because he was so magnificent the last day. Yeah. But Michael Tadimans will be 35 next summer. Uh, James McCarthy will be 33. Johnny Cooper will be 33. They're getting, they're getting older, and you're looking at the bench options, and they're not what they were. They're not remotely what they were back uh, in Dublin's heyday, and and there's one or two other players on the starting team who have come back, you know, uh, a distance in the last year or two as well. So will Dublin can Dublin build on their second half against Kerry? and be back up there. Not just challenging, which I think they'll always be challenging, but actually maybe being good enough to win in All Ireland in the next year or two. And that it that is going to be a real challenge. I still think it'll probably be Desi. If Desi wants to stay on, I think I think he will he will he will get another year. I mean his three year term is up now, but there's no obvious uh error in waiting. Um he's been handed in many ways a poison chalice not just taking over from you know a team who had done five in a row taking over uh, and then a few months later Covid lands on our shores and everything that brought um, you know he in, in some ways he's been an unlucky general over the last year and a bit Yeah, you'd uh, have to say
0: though Frank like going back to it, all you want I suppose as a dub supporter and and, and as, as team players is for you to kind of play at your optimum and no. They're fine margins in some of those games. I totally agree. Like last year's game, the, the, the game won in the second, and the first half against Mayo. And Mayo, only Mayo can come on a, on a charge like that there. And you're right. Very surprising about the league thing. But I think the league was nearly the sting that they needed to come to the championship. And you've seen last year in Leinster, they performed fairly poorly. It looked like some of the sides were getting close to them. Of course, they came on this year and blew everybody away again. So it's if a side like that has to feel a bit of pain before, Maybe it energizes them again, and you have certainly seen that energy there. And again, you know, take Clifford out of out of Kerry in that game, and that's a different Eric, uh, uh, um, uh, Kerry team. And same with with Conn. So, listen, if he's back next year, you would think they'll be right up in the mix again.
2: Oh, they'll be in the mix. I mean, uh, you know, I, don't, I I can't see, I can't see, I cannot envisage how they could possibly lose the Limerick title next year. But then again, next year. How important is the Lancer title? It's not important, really, in the mix. They're going to go into uh, uh, a series, uh, a round robin series in the Sam Maguire. Uh, three matches. They're going to. Uh, it would be almost impossible to see how they wouldn't uh, make it to an All Ireland quarter final uh, in that scenario. Uh, and then, and then, it's we we'll see we'll see how the form of various teams other teams are panning out and what way the draw is it's kind of harder to predict next year but um, you know they're still Dublin are still top four material without without a shadow of a doubt Watch out this Frank Tony Don,
0: Goller coming back you better watch out too. we've got a master plan
2: o- Ok I'm all out, waiting for us.
0: <laughs> all out attack we're going to leave eight, eight forwards uh, up front we're going to change it round Tell me, Frank, uh, just, Dublin, just... Dublin
2: tried that against Donegal in 2014
0: <laughs> and it didn't work out so well, but anyway. <laughs> Frank, tell me, just a quick one, Frank, on, uh, on the final now. I'm just, just looking, at we have a couple of minutes left just there. Um, obviously, Comer-Clifford, the, the shootout. Um, I'm, I'm interested just on the, the, the game that Potty-Clifford had in that final, do you do you think that uh, Galway will put a like a man-marker on him just to try and negate his influence on the game because he was unreal in that semi-final and while you have all that talent... You need someone to create and get on the ball, be the link, and he's actually one of those modern players. Now he's worth worth his weight in goal when he's on his game. Carries on his game, much like much like David. But I'm just wondering about between between him and Comer. Do you think either team have the ability to shut those players down? Um.
2: Well, they'll definitely try. I mean, much of, I would imagine with Comer, um, I would still imagine that uh, physically, Jason Foley is the ma- is the guy. To man Markham, but what you will have is you will have basically Tig Morley sweeping uh, in front for the direct ball going in, and and that's where Kerry defensively got so much better is they they're now getting bodies around not just the point of contact around any ball that's going to be breaking in there. You know, it's it's harder to envisage that uh, Comer will probably get the type of two, you know the. The two goals he got against Derry in the semi-final. I know there were circumstances around it, but where suddenly the ball is fed in quickly and he's faced with a you know straight one-on-one. Uh, uh, the second goal, I'm not even sure if it was a one-on-one because the keeper had gone a But you know what I mean. It's Kerry um, have kind of stopped those situations uh, from happening for the most part this year, and they'll try to do that again with Comer because I mean Comer is now. Playing every bit as well, probably better than he was in 2018, and I mean since then he was dogged by injuries, and and that's the main reason why we haven't seen the best of Damien Comer mm. in, the, in the intervening three seasons. Um, no, no real talk. Clifford. No real
0: talk about no real talk about Shane Walsh getting into the game. There after, listen, he kicked his freeze in the man's unreal class. But you know, it could be a day where someone like him, actually, if if his skills are in full array as well, I think always going to need that to balance up against. The brilliance of Shawnee O'Shea coming in that mix as well, and in, in in terms of listen, the the best the best forwards around, they're going to have to shine on that day, uh, Frank, to give Galway a chance because everybody's leaning towards Kerry now. So I think a few of those right. players, particularly you know, in that in that semi, the likes of like Fenerty and 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 Tierney and these guys, which we know have have real quality, didn't really get playing. I know obviously Derry were a packed defence, but we're going to need all these guys chipping on with a with a score here and there as well and to 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 suppose come up with the goods that'll 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 at least match or 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 maybe take care on the scoreboard?
2: Oh but this this is the thing. I mean we could spend the next hour talking about what David Clifford and, and Damien Comer and Shane Walsh and Sean O'Shea are going to do next Sunday. And then on Monday morning we'd be could saying, Oh my god, Rob Finnerty hit five points from play there or he got a goal to win the match or you know, Stephen O'Brien pops up and gets gets, it, gets a goal. I mean, that is the nature of All-Ireland Finals. I mean, we can second-guess so many things that we think might happen, and, you know, maybe if we get 50% of them right, we'd be doing well. Uh, but that, in a way, is the beauty of, you know, these type of matches. Yeah. You know, events there, boy. Something is going to happen that will throw a spanner in the works for either Jack O'Connor or Porrick Joyce, and it's how they respond to us in the in the heat of battle may well decide you know how this All-Ireland goes
0: yeah great stuff Frank listen we look forward to it anyway and uh, you keep up the good work there and we'll, we'll see you very soon we'll catch up as uh, as things goes on this year Frank uh, great round up there looking forward to this uh, uh, football final and we'll as I say we'll, we'll not worry we'll just enjoy the Hurling as it is and we'll look forward to this uh, uh, galway carry uh, encounter
2: great stuff good to talk Brendan thanks Thank Frank
0: you. top stuff fair Frank here of the Sport Day. Great roundup. And, and now we're going to look across to the hurling uh, final and, of course, the two semi finals here in Donegal at the weekend. And I'm joined by our own Jerry McLaughlin, the veteran Jerry McLaughlin. Jerry, how's things this evening? you keeping all right?
3: I'm the very best, uh, Brendan. And it's always nice to talk to a gentleman like yourself because, you know, there are not too many of us left.
0: <laughs> Good <laughs> man, Jerry. I'll I'll take that one, Jerry. Listen, you're a man that knows his knows his G A. But of course, hurling is at your heart. You know you've 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 hurled yourself down through the years, and hurled be some of the best as well. Let me tell you. Um, just a word on that All Ireland that post in All Ireland final yesterday it was an absolute, uh, um, a Titanic battle. You know between probably one of the best sides to played the game ever in Limerick, but Howie Kilkenny hung in there and and right to the last uh Jerry. It was an amazing game.
3: My God. I- in this, I've seen a lot of all Ireland finals, I've been covering GA matches since 1987, that by far was the greatest game that I have seen at any level, Gaelic football, soccer, the whole, it had everything as you say, it had power, it had And it, 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 both counties showed the great pride that they have in the jersey. The old great Gaelic virtues of Mortus kinna pride in your people, and Mortus Tuish, pride in your native place. And nobody really gave Kilkenny all that much of a chance, so credit to them. I suppose if you were to look at it coldly, Limerick had, uh, well, sh- shall we say, the better forwards and, and the better players, but Brian Cody never pays any attention to that. It's heart and desire and grit and guts he goes for. And by God, Kilkenny did really really put it up to him. But I think, Brendan, that Limerick really showed, even when Kilkenny got level and got, got those great goals, they showed their true worth They hit back with points, and they didn't miss them. They were deadly accurate. And what a player Garoud Heggard is. He's a giant of a man, a giant hurler, and he, he was the truly the man of the match. yesterday the way he could stroke the ball over the bar. And of course... Just looking at, at that game yesterday, I was thinking back to when we were playing hurling at a much lower level, I might add. We had big, long hurlies, and I was looking at Gero Jagger, he's what, 6'5", and the, the, the stick in his hand is like a toy. It, it, it's, it's nearly like a table tennis bat, yeah. but he, he's, he, he's adjusted himself so well to it. But the reason, Brendan, that the ball is travelling so far is that the boss of the slither is, is, is very thick. And the ball is much lighter. But back to the match, it was wonderful. And what I love most of all about hurling, and of course, I'm here, is that there's no whinging, there's no lying down, there's no trying to get the man sent off, uh, none of that cynicism. It's good, hard hitting stuff. And you, I. I I don't know, Levan. do call. I was at matches, and I talked to them later. Good hard hitting stuff, no engine.
0: great stuff, Brendan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, listen, totally agree, Joe. Some massive hits in there, and you you really admire the guys just dusting themselves off and, and getting on with it. It's something that the. Uh you, you I, I would seriously admire coming from a, from a football perspective, uh, Jerry. Jerry, you were at the, you, 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 you look across the two semi-finals at the, uh, at the weekend in our, in our senior club, obviously. Yeah. Unions reigning champions, yeah. uh, going into a semi-final with Burt and, and Satanta playing Bunkranus, you know, similar to, the last season when a lot of people were expecting a similar final, but that wasn't the case. And Unions were dethroned by, uh, Burt, yeah. uh, uh, uh 216 yeah. to 14 points. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. There were, and, but just before I want to say that, there was a bit of history made last weekend, of course, because Sonny calls is a bit of a football county they wouldn't realise this as such. For the first time ever in the history of Hurling, we had a senior championship, an intermediate championship, and a junior championship. So that shows you, Brendan, there's so many more people playing the game. And that can only be good for Hurling, because the more people you've played in the game, the better chance of the standard increasing. Now, yeah, I was taking a look at the, the two finals. I wasn't at the Setanta and Bonkana match, but reading some of the reports... You know, it, it's frightening really, I think, for, for the other clubs, well except Port, They've got the pride, they'll set up Santa. Sedanta scored four nineteen and reliable informed that they weren't at their best. Now that that's some savage scoring and Burngrana were with them for twenty nine or thirty minutes. But what you have to realise about satanta is the sheer quality of that this is the greatest ever Setanta team by a country mile. Certainly on paper. If you look at their forward line, Brendan, five of them would be starting on the county uh, on the county squad, and, and they have some great native young hurlers coming up. They've Oisin Marley, they've Rory Campbell. They have uh, Ray and Coyle and Stephen McBride. But then they have other guys, and some people cynically might call them imports. I don't call them imports. If they're living in Donegal, they're Donegal hurlers. And we have none better than Davin Finn, probably pound for pound the best player. Not the most. He isn't this work, work, work kind of a gym bunny, but by God, when he gets the ball, he makes things happen. They have Jerry Gilmore, former Tyrone player, guy who gets the scores for them at the right time when they need it. Uh, they have Declan Coulter, brilliant player from Armagh. Danny Cullen, possibly the greatest uh, ever Donegal player of, of, of all time. They have Niall Cleary, former awfully hurler. They have so much so much strength and depth there. So looking into the final, they have to be favourites. But funny enough, Brenton, I was actually at the, the Burt and St. Unions game, and it wasn't an entirely pleasant experience, and I'll come to that in a second. Hurling-wise, a good, hard, solid game of hurling. But you could see that Burt were still hurt by the fact that Unions had last year and they were, they were a bit miffed some of us had predicted that the recent meeting between Satanta uh, and, and Union's was addressed rather. so Burt were really up for it a young team full of hunger and fire but they also have the experience of Ronan McDermott County Senior Holland captain. We Footballer, as well, by the way, you probably know that, Brenton. But he, and I like to said very direct, straight at, at the defence. He was the man in the match. He opened up the union's defence. They got two great goals, one from um, Kieran Brady and the other from Cricky Christopher McDermott. And that really was the difference between the sides. Now, said unions, they didn't play badly, it's just that they couldn't match that hunger and they were relying a lot on Darrow and for their scores. But one interesting thing, and this is a football connection, if I was Mickey McCann, I'd be taking a serious look at Shane O'Donnell. Yes, Shane O'Donnell, that's the county football star. He came out at half time and he really caused uh, Burt a lot of problems. Power, pace, loads of skill, and he scored three points. So that, that, that he, he would be fully a dual star. I, I can't see it happening, but it'd be great to see him play in Ireland with Donegal. So, Eunice had the bow out, but they taking a few complaints. Then we had a, just brief word about the intermediate. Brandon. Karen Dunna beat Arua in, in 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 one game and Sean McCool's beat um beat Dunlow in the other. But just before I go, uh, on another note, Saturday evening I, I was actually at a funeral in Lavi where the weather was lovely. Colm McGurk's funeral actually a great friend and a great hurler and we laid him to rest there and it was a member game. But I came back then for the for the game in Donegal and it was teaming out of the heavens. So we all got, we were on the, what I would call one of the B pitches, and we got absolutely soaked in the first half, drowned, we were like drowned at rats, and meanwhile the best pitch in the convoy thing was sitting idle, idly by, and it had a stand. So the people who were at the match, Brendan, were not in good humour, a number of them came up to me and said, why are we paying 10 quid to go in here to get soaked? They weren't complaining about the hurling, they were complaining about the fact that the, that a game of this calibre was being disrespected and played effectively on. I was told by some people that they're going to be reseeding or resodding the the main pitch. Well, I walked on the main pitch and it was in perfect condition. So that that's that's a caveat. That's something that the county board need to look at. And, and I'm just wondering, Brendan, would would a county senior football championship semi final have been played in in, in in such a venue? No, no way. But anyway, that's that's that gripe over for now.
0: No, oh, no. Listen, you, Right, to, right. To highlight it. It's a pity it happened, and I think you're correct. It has to be given the. The respect, that's a big game and Hurland's certainly open up and uh, up. Uh Jerry, just in the, do you only pick a winner in that senior final? Can you see any way that Satanta won't come back and, and claim claim that title that Sun took off from yeah, last yeah. year? Well I
3: suppose Brendan, um they are the hottest On or whether he's not, and my opinion, that's not healthy. <clears throat> it should be decided one way or the other on Wednesday night. And I suppose it's important to remember in all of this that it is the clubs of the county, as a collective, as a collective of the county committee, they have the ultimate say in 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 how things pan out. So let's hope that we that that, that we get a resolution there. You know, for everybody's sake. And while I'm on that subject, this is the final gripe, and but it, it it's a long-standing one about. Three or four years ago i think it was three minutes uh Donegal-Gee had decided to exclude the press from the county committee meetings now wednesday night's meeting would be an ideal one for the press to be there there's a lot of interest in it it's what everybody's talking about in the county how it's going to go so if you had a new reporter there to let people know how it goes on then you put an end to the innuendo the silly rumors the speculation so i think that the, that those who took that decision were actually shooting themselves in the foot because the paying public, the ordinary member, is relying on the delegate to tell them exactly what goes on. And that's an intolerable burden on delegates, because they're being asked to remember every single little detail that goes. And most delegates are only interested in what their own club does. The cynical nature, and I'm not suggesting for a second that I am them would be, they mightn't tell people what was going on. So... In the interest of democracy, in the interest of fair play, in the interest of an even even keel, I would implore the county board to seriously reconsider that decision and barring the press from the because uh, it would suit them much better in the long run, the transparency, openness, whatever. And yeah. they, uh, another point, uh, Brendan, this thing about, you know, not letting stuff out, the executive meetings, that's what they were designed for. Controversial stuff can be handled there, but, but let, let's have it all out and open, Brendan.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Listen, Jerry, I totally agree. And Jerry, listen, we got to take your words on board. There's there's no better man. You've been around and seen it all now, and that's an important point to to wrap it up. Uh, Jerry, thanks for looking across. Apple, we'll take a look now at the, at the finals as as they come up now. As you say, Hurland's in a good place with the with the three levels and and fair play to all the clubs yep. that are encouraging and and doing that. Uh, Jerry, we look forward to these uh, um, uh, junior, junior, intermediate, and senior finals now, and I'll no doubt catch you along the way. Yes, indeed. Pleasure Good. to chat to you, Brendan. Top, top stuff there, oh, Jerry McLaughlin okay, there. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Good man. Always great to chat to Jerry. Hey, uh, wealth of encyclopedia, uh, poet, and a whole lot. Uh, and very interesting guy. Hey, that wraps up the DL debate this evening, I think. Jerry there for his input, of course, more in the dawn at the top of the show. The Frank Roots of Indo Sport. That's a wrap now. Stay tuned for the excellent Monday night sessions, as I will be uh get get the, get the tunes on, lads, and uh, I'll speak to you all next week. The DL debate with Sister Sarah's Letter Kenny serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. <laughs> Ha uh-huh. It... Uh-huh. 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 Uh-huh.